Welcome to the Gerald Brooks Leadership Podcast, a deep dive into biblical leadership with pastor and author, Dr. Gerald Brooks. Hi, this is Gerald Brooks. Thank you so much for joining me for today's podcast. Hey, uh, I want to put on your radar screen just a couple of things. On July 9th in Roanoke, uh, Virginia, I will be doing some church leadership development. Uh, this is just totally free. You can go to my webpage at uh, GeraldBrooksMinistries.com and you can find out. And on August the 8th in Miami, I will be doing Church Strategic Growth Conference. It's just about how to grow a church, all of the, the nuts and bolts, and uh, that's on uh, August the 8th. Now, you have to sign up for this, and you can go to my webpage again, and then I will be doing a very similar kind of process in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Strategic Church Growth on August 22nd. So I just want to encourage you, you can go to my webpage, it has all my resources, has the leadership curriculum that we teach, everything, uh, you can uh, see it there. But again, I'd love to have you in Roanoke, Miami, Pittsburgh, Uh, two of those are paid events, one of those you just bring your staff, as many of them as possible to. Uh, I do want to mention to all of you in the North Dallas area, uh, at the end of August, we will be starting uh, a school of leadership. This is critical to me. The more I've traveled, the more I'm convinced that uh, the church has to develop leaders. We have to develop leaders in our community, in our churches, and in our businesses. And so this is a school of leadership. This is designed to raise the bar of your leadership IQ, to put you in a position. Now, if you're in the North Dallas area, because you got to be in the room to experience this, uh, you can go to gbsl.org, gbsl.org to find out more about it and to reach out. Hey, today I want to talk to you about something that unfortunately is more common than it's ever been. Uh, A part of it is just the fact of the intensity of leadership that was required during the last 27 months, given all of the the COVID issues, the political issues, societal issues, uh, and, and it's just become more common. So this title is reflective of that, leading when you're losing it leading when you're losing it. Uh, one of the things that's happening out there when I engage with leaders is, is, is so many of them just say, man, I'm living on the edge. Uh, I, I'm not sure how to survive one more thing. I've had to navigate so many issues, so many circumstances, and I'm just not sure if I can take much more. So I want to talk to you about leading when you're losing it. And I want to talk from Psalm 42. And uh, Psalm 42 and verse 5, David says this, My soul is down in the dumps. Why do you keep singing the blues? My soul is down in the dumps. Why do you keep singing the blues? Now, David is having one of those conversations that every leader has. It's not the conversation you have on the outside. It's the conversation that you have on the inside. He's beginning to notice a tendency, and that is he's begun to travel on a journey of always being down. He's beginning to see the negatives that 
are unfolding around him, and as a result of that, it's becoming what is reflective in him. Now, here's what I can say is even though most people have limited understanding of their soul, they can easily relate to David's feelings regarding his soul. Uh, We may not be able to define our souls accurately, but we can all relate to what he is feeling. And, And what David is saying is something that every leader knows. And dear Jesus, every leader knows this. And for everyone that's listening to this, and this is really reflective of where you are, just know that my heart goes out to you. And just know what I tell leaders all over, we can't have you quit. We can't have you stop. We need you. We need you in the game. The church needs you. Society needs you. We need you. So we may not be able to define everything about our souls, but we can relate. And what David was saying Our souls can go places that we don't want them to go. Boy, isn't that true? You wake up in the morning and you don't want to go there, but immediately your soul takes you there. And it's not only that. uh, Our souls not only can take us places that we don't want to go, uh, but they will lead us to places that we don't want to stay. And see, that's really what David's talking about. I'm being led to a place that I don't want to go, and I don't want to stay in this place. Um, Unfortunately, what David is feeling is what so many people feel as leaders. See, as leaders, we carry the weight of people's and organizations' soul. See, We carry the weight of people. I tell people when I walk into the office, it doesn't matter what problems I have. They're about to be superseded because I'm about to be handed other people's problems. And see, that's the nature of leadership. People hand you problems. They hand you issues. They hand you circumstances. And we not only get people problems, but we get organizational problems in the very soul of what we're trying to achieve as an organization. Uh, begins to be handed to us. And when this happens day after day, week after week, and the environment is tense like it's been over the last 27 months, then what happens is our souls can go places we don't want them to go, and our souls can stay places that we don't want them to stay. So let me just start with some very basics here, some soul facts. Uh, We know that as individuals, we're created uniquely. We're the only part of creation that has three dimensions to it. So the Bible says, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23, may the very God of peace sanctify you holy spirit, soul, and body. Now, when Paul uttered those words, he was not only giving us the breakdown, but he was giving us the priority. He didn't say body, soul, and spirit, which is what most people say, but he said spirit, soul, and body. He was saying the priority has to be on your spirit, going to your soul, and dictating to your body. And so we're created uniquely. See, I have these three wonderful pets. They're English pointers. I love them. Uh, They are a joy in my life. But as much as I love them and I love being next to them and they'll just sort of cozy up beside me and let them uh, let me pet them and they'll do that forever. uh, They only have two dimensions to them. They have a body and they have a soul. And that connection that you're making with that pet is with the soul. 
But see, we're created where we have a spirit. It is the part of us that is made to know God, where Jesus said in John chapter 4, verse 24, God is spirit. And so we were created with that breath of God that was breathed into Adam, that spiritual identity to connect. Now, in here, it says that we were created spirit, soul, and body, and the soul is the connection between your spirit and body. Uh, it is the interactive zone. It is the connection between the spiritual and the natural. So the soul gets whatever's in the two ends. It gets everything from the spirit and it gets everything from the body and they collide in the soul. And the soul has to try to make sense of this. And so the soul is the interactive um, zone between your spirit and your body. And I've said this for decades, but maturity is the day that you realize no one is responsible for your soul but you. Your husband isn't, your wife isn't, your kids aren't, your job isn't, your boss isn't. You're responsible for your soul. And if there is uh, distress in your soul, you're the one who has to be able to take that and manage that upward towards God. But here's the thing. Soul problems are neglected because they don't always offer immediate feedback. See, if I have a hammer and I'm hammering a nail and I miss the nail and I hit my thumb, I don't wait a day to figure out that the hammer hit my thumb. I know immediately. Immediately, I have feedback. This hurts. This is painful. But the thing about the soul is, is that it's not always noticeable when it's being neglected. Uh, and so when David said, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. See, the soul part of our life, it's not always evident when we're neglecting it until all of a sudden we utter these words and we do what David said, why are you down in the dumps, dear soul? Why are you crying the blues? So what I want to do is I want to say to you, your soul cannot be ignored. You can't wait until it's over the edge to begin to uh, take appropriate steps for your soul. But one of the things that I really, really want you to understand is this, um, that David gives us some principles about soul management. Um, he gives us some principles about how we go about taking this part that's the collision point between the spiritual and the natural. And he gives us some management skills. So I just want to walk you through. This isn't a complicated message to preach or to teach. It's just a difficult lesson to live because it takes time and it takes a sense of intention to be able to pull it off. So I would say the first thing that, that David teaches us about our soul is that where you're at is not where you have to stay. Where you're at is not where you have to stay. And, and he says that basically when he utters those words, why art thou cast down in the dumps, uh, dear soul? Why are you crying the blues? He starts off with just the reality, this is where I am. But, but he's going to go on from there 
and he's going to move beyond there. And so wherever your soul is right now, you, you, you may be in the negative, you may be in the pessimistic, you may be in the nothing ever works, you may be in the I don't have any hope, you may be in, and you just name and you fill in the gap, uh, but you don't have to stay there. So wherever you're at is not where you have to stay. So if your soul is not in an ideal condition right now, just write it down. You don't have to stay there. And what that means is you have more control than you think. See, we want to feel like we don't control us. Now, I don't control life. I don't control events. I don't control other people. I don't control circumstances. But I do have the ability to begin to exude control over me. So the first thing is you don't have to stay where you're at. You can move. You can make moves beyond where you're located. And you have more control than you think. But then he goes on and he utters these words. He says, fix my eyes on God. Soon I will be praising again. He puts a smile on my face. He's my God. That brings you to the second key of soul management. What holds your attention is what will grip your soul. Whatever holds your attention is what grips your soul. So what does he say there? He says, fix your eyes on God. He says, when my my soul wants to be down in the dumps, I've got to look up. I've got to look higher. I can't let where my soul wants to go to be the horizon that I'm looking at. I've got to fix my eyes on God. I have to fix my eyes on God because whatever grips my attention is going to grab and hold my soul. So I want to be able to take a step and say, okay, I'm going to fix my eyes. I, it's going to be one of those things that I just got to choose to do it. I'm going to make myself look up. And I don't know what looking up for you. Maybe it's reading your favorite inspirational book. Maybe it's going back to your favorite passages in the Bible. Maybe it's your, you singing and uttering your favorite song. Maybe it's going to a specific place that when you look at it, it brings the awe factor of God, but whatever it is, get your attention on God because your soul will eventually go to whatever you're fixed on. He then goes on and he says this, when my soul is in the dumps, I rehearse everything I know. When my soul is in the dumps, I rehearse everything I know. Next principle about your soul. Your mind's going to go somewhere, so make it go to God. See, your soul consists of three things, your mind, your will, and your emotions. Your mind, your will, and emotion. Your mind's going to go somewhere, so make it go to God. And, and, And I love it. He says, rehearse. Now, all of you that have played sports, you know that you've gone to practices. That's sports version of rehearsing. And you've gone to practice, and what did the coach do? He made you run the same play 
over and over and over again. He made you pay attention to detail. He made you do it. And you're sitting there inside you and you're saying, coach, I don't want to do this. Coach, I just don't want to do this. Coach, I do not want to do this again. We've done it too much. We've got it. We understand it. But here's what the coach knows. He knows that if you practice with great detail, eventually you achieve with great success that how you practice is what you will achieve. You achieve what you practice. Now, those of you that were more in the arts end of things and you had that musical talent or you had that uh, ability to play an instrument, to sing, you've gone to choir rehearsal, you've gone to band rehearsal. Some of you have played the same riff over and over and over. Some of you have sung the same notes over and over again because you wanted to get the inflection, you wanted to get the tone, you wanted to get the timing, you wanted to get it. And here's the thing about rehearsal, it's mechanical. And this is where you take possession of your soul. Sometimes you're not going to feel it, but that's all right. Go ahead and do it mechanically go over every verse, every verse, mechanically go over it. You know, I can do all things through Christ. He's the God who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that I can possibly ask or think. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them because greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. You take every verse about the greatness of God. You rehearse it. You begin to apply it. It may be mechanical. Man, I just don't feel it. I don't feel like it's doing any good. It's the same as practice is the same as a rehearsal. If you practice it and you rehearse it, you achieve it. So your mind's going to go somewhere. Make it go to God. The next thing is, is he says in there that he is loved. He says, then God promises to love me all day. When your soul is on the edge, wrap yourself in God's love. See, usually when our soul is on the edge, it means that life isn't loving us, and it means like we don't feel like people are loving us. But just because life's not loving you and people aren't loving you doesn't mean that God's quit loving you. And so you begin to go back and you begin to remember, then God promises, God has promised his love. Here in his love, not that we love him, but he first loved us. He loved us when we weren't loving him. He loved us when we weren't pursuing him. He loved us when we weren't thinking about him. He loved us when we weren't committed to him. He loved us. Wrap yourself in the love of God. Just wrap yourself in the love of God. And then, then it goes on and it says this, sing songs all through the night. Here's what I can tell you about when your soul's in the dumps. You may have a hard time sleeping. And if you're having a hard time sleeping, God gives you the way you handle sleeplessness. You sing songs all through the night. 
You put on whatever your fur, your favorite worship songs are. I have 10 worship songs. They are my go-to worship songs. I only have 10, partly because most of the music that's written today has nothing to do with worship. It has to do with us. It has to do with where we're at. It has nothing to do with God. But I found 10 songs. They're my go-to songs. They make me look to God. And he says, when you're sleepless, here's the way you handle it. Start singing. Put on those songs and just learn to sing. Just learn to sing. Just begin to sing. And as you begin to sing, you begin to uplift your life. You begin to be like Jehoshaphat when he sent out the worshipers before the army. You begin to be like Paul when he was in Silas when they were cast into prison. You begin to just be a child of God. Here's what's interesting to me. I have people that can sing every verse of a country song. And I said, get that good at singing God's song. Oops, hurt some of you from West Texas. Learn to sing. Um, The next thing he says, sometimes I ask God, my rock-solid God, why did you let me down? It's all right to talk to God with total authenticity and transparency. I believe that one of the things that we miss is that we don't look at God and say, God, I feel like the reason everything's a disaster is you've ignored me, you've gone into hiding. And people say, can I really have those conversations? And my response is, of course you can have those conversations. Because God already knows what you're feeling. But when you begin to articulate it and you begin to talk to God, it creates an environment for you and God to connect. When you look in the book of Job, you see a distinction. You have three friends who talked about God, but it was only Job who talked to God. And see, that's the thing. Most people talk about God. They don't talk to God. For those of you that are theologians, you want to dive into that thought. And then you begin to come down to verse 11. Why are you down in the dumps, dear soul? Why are you crying the blues? Fix my eyes on God. Soon I will be praising again. He puts a smile on my face. He's my God. Just remember this. What you're feeling is a moment. It's not your destiny. Please listen to me. What David learned was that sometimes his soul feels bad. But when his soul feels bad, that's a moment. That's not the destiny. It's a moment It's not the destiny. How do you lead when you're losing it? Just some thoughts. David knows what it's like to be a leader who was losing it.
Hey, I want to remind you of the events coming up. We have Roanoke, Virginia on uh, July 9th. Go to my website. It's near Roanoke, and you can get the exact location. August 8th, Miami. You will love this. Great church, great pastor. Uh, Frank Lopez, love him so much. And you've got to sign up. That's Strategic Growth church conference. Same thing in Pittsburgh, uh, Pennsylvania on August 22nd. Dear friend John Nuzzo, I love that man so very dearly. And then the School of Leadership, you can go to gbsl.org and you can get information. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for listening to the Gerald Brooks Leadership Podcast. If you'd like more information on Dr. Brooks's books, audio, or speaking engagements, please go to geraldbrooksministries.com.